0: Welcome to Grow My Grit, a new podcast celebrating grit. My name is Peter Willis, coming in from Calgary, Alberta, together with our gritty guru, Hazelon Shepmeyer, who's beaming in from Mississauga, Ontario.
1: Here on the Grow My Grit podcast, our intention is to engage with guests and listeners who are ready to know, grow, and show their grit, perhaps best described as one's default settings in the face of obstacles, and what obstacles we've faced since the beginning of 2020.
0: However, one of the biggest opportunities for 2021 is the possibility of recreating our identities and re-engaging our relationship to both ourselves and to one another using the unique strengths we already possess and reliably bring to challenging situations.
1: With our individual grit compass as our guide, let's explore what's available on the other side of obstacles.
0: Are you ready? Hello, Hayes, how are you doing today?
1: I am so wonderful. How are you, Peter?
0: I am great. It's great to see you. It's been a, a month or so, I think, since last we've chatted like this and mm-hmm. been able to see each other. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's
1: great to be mm-hmm. back at it. So good to be together again. Yes.
0: In marking this day of coming back in August here, we have a special guest joining us today, and that is Mike Dorian. And he's an old friend of both of ours, and I'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll do a quick introduction of Mike, and then uh, and then we'll kind of have at or We'll talk about maybe what we want to talk about, and a little bit about ourselves, and uh, Grit Compasses, and uh, we'll go at it like we normally do. So,
1: just mm-hmm. to,
0: to start off with Mike, I'll just uh, let everyone know that uh, that you're um, uh, an associate professor at the University of Calgary, and uh, really your forte is cyber risk and information communication technologies. I probably got that. Uh, maybe half right, but we'll certainly be diving into that as we talk through the uh, the uh, uh, our conversation today. Because there's some really interesting things. We've known each other for a long time, and uh, some some great things. As as has Hayes, we have got some great things to talk about with you today. So uh, so hi, Mike. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Pete. It's uh, it's I'm very grateful to be here. Hi, Hayes, and thanks for having me on the podcast. This is going to be great. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Well, we were, you know, we were talking, Mike, and obviously we've uh, we've been pretty close friends for quite a while here. For sure. And um, one of the things that was really, really interesting, and, and Hayes brought this up as well, and and it'll it'll take a little bit of a clarification, uh, kind of the Cole's notes of, of what you do, but it's really fascinating. I'm sure our listeners are going to find it really fascinating too, because it's really relevant to everything that's going on in our society. One of the angles that we thought about that would be really interesting to talk to you about is how you do what you do and you can also uh, raise a a young family, et cetera. And I would find that so difficult just based on what you do as as work. And I find your work fascinating, but it's, it's such a different avenue than I could ever go down. And I think that's so fascinating. And Hayes brought that up too about... How we can talk to someone who has a very two very distinct kind of uh, lives that you can lead, really, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. there's be a lot of opportunity here to explore some grit with that. So, uh, yeah. if, if if that's okay, maybe Mike, you can just uh, let everyone know and ourselves as well, just as a refresher, of kind of kind of what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, just uh, some context of, of for the research I'm doing. Um, I got into uh, research with uh, with youth uh, in uh, from the sociological framework. I mean, a lot of my research is qualitative so i do interviews uh, a lot of it involves interviews with young people themselves so i've done i've done interviews with with uh, young people in hong kong i was there for a few years and then i've also talked with uh, with youth teenagers in canada Uh, The focus of the research is uh, how they use and experience these new technologies. Social media, Facebook, not so much anymore. Now it's more TikTok. Now it's more Yik Yak. Now it's more still Instagram. uh, Now gram. And and it gets shorter every every day. Um, so you know, one of the things certainly, you know, I've got uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, kids, relatively young kids, and uh, you know, you 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 look at things from a couple two two separate lenses, right? You look at things uh, at the same time, and you're doing things academically, and you're looking at what the existing research says. and I'm happy to talk to you about you know that if you like, or my own findings. Um, but uh, but also, then you come home, and then you're uh, then you're thinking about this this research you're doing and how that uh, is impacting your kids, or, or you're, you're seeing your your own kids through the, the light of that of that research. Mm-hmm. Um, I should stress that that. Uh, You know, when you look at this stuff, it's easy to be uh, sucked into the headlines. You know, especially over the last year with the effect of the pandemic on young people in particular. Um, There, there are, there's lots of studies that do indicate lots of, lots of kids, lots of adolescents uh, are are having trouble, right? Are 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 not uh, faring well uh, academically. They are losing their social connections. Uh, they're going on and spending more time on screens uh, than ever before. There are books written about about screenagers oh. and uh, the concerns over over teens who are addicted to online technologies. Information communication technology is absolutely an academic-y sounding word. It's basically saying all the online tools, right, that that youth are connecting with. Mm -hmm. But it's not all bad. There are some studies coming out also that show that the majority of kids have had struggles, but they have been resilient. They have had the ability to maintain their peer groups, they have used technologies positively. Uh, and one of the things that I think is important to to take into perspective is is that uh, you know the media headlines sometimes uh, do see, suggest you know the more negative outcomes for for things. Um, but we, you also have to get to know your own kids. You have to develop a relationship with your own kids and get to know them and talk with them and and uh you know whereas i i did yeah i did have some concerns when i started especially related to you know things like uh distribution non-consensual distribution of nudes i mean those are pretty serious uh concerns that that are impacting young people they affect girls in different ways necessarily than, than boys like i'm happy to talk about and then you you come home and and you're like wow what do i do about this but you know, again, it's just about communication. I went I went and I got some sneakers a few a couple months back. I went to sneaker shop. I needed sneakers. Okay. Where is this going, Mike? You might be asking.
1: Trust you completely. <laughs> but, We're on board,
0: Mike. You but, go.
2: <laughs> okay. I go in and I buy the sneakers. I come home. I find out that these sneakers have Bluetooth chip in them. And the Bluetooth chip allows you, it's an Internet of Things device, right? Everything's connected to Wi-Fi. Everything's connected to these technologies. And it allows you to use an app and go out for your jog or your bike ride or wherever. And it uses maps technology, GPS technology to track, you know, where you are. And, uh, and sure enough, it, it can be fairly invasive. And, and I've even heard some reports about, uh, you know, these, these technologies that will map your runs and map your bikes and stuff. Very useful. You can share them with others and get inspiration from others and, and see, you know, where you, where, you know, get, in, get motivation from others. At the same time, people can know where you live and people can track where you are. And this data is often shared because it's, it's public by default, private through effort. It's public by default, private through effort in terms of, you know, I had to go through this particular app and get in pretty deep in the privacy settings to unclick sharing of my data in this and that way. However, I use this immediately as a great opportunity to bring it up in a, in a conversation with, with my kids, my older daughter, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, my younger uh, kid would probably go right over his head at this point, yeah. but you know, it's age appropriate. And it, you just use it as a way to, it's not a discussion about, you're not allowed to use this technology. You are that sort of thing. It's just, so, so here's some technologies that are productive. You can use it in this way that's productive mm-hmm. and how can that help you? But also, you know, it's like electricity. It's like using a uh, plugging something into a light switch. It's electricity. Very useful. That's what we run these devices on. Mm-hmm. But you could injure yourself if you don't know what you're doing. Mm. So for me, it's not so much that I need to compartmentalize because I know, I know, uh, you know, I've got graduate students looking at youth activism online, using technologies to mobilize social movements and, and, you know, fight for environmental changes and political changes and these sort of things and using it in a very positive way. So it really is, it is just, it's just life. It really is just life now. It's not online versus offline. I think we're well past that point. Mm. Um, Anyhow. uh, I could go on, but I will. I will just stop there and just say, you know, I, I, I use these opportunities, let's say, to for connection and communication, and and leaving those those avenues open to the to to let. Uh, and the ideal scenario to me is if you got a kid, you know, getting ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, to have them uh, go out there on their own, right, and not 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 necessarily, you know, track them too closely have some trust that they have the tools that they will encounter stuff on YouTube or, or things that, that may be, uh, uh, you know, uh, an an image or a video or something that might disturb them, but knowing how to be resilient about that, how to have grit in relation to that, Mm -hmm. if you like segue, Mm
0: -hmm. right.
2: And then, um, (laughs) and, and, and be able to deal with that. I think that that's an important thing.
1: Wow.
0: Segways are GPS enabled too, Mike. That is a perfect segue (laughs) phrase. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, I was, but it's neat because resilience came up. I like what you said in so many capacities because resilience came up a couple times, and that's essentially viewed as an equivalent to grit. But also the importance of tools. Yeah. So what I love is that you really talked about the way in which it's less about compartmentalizing and equipping; it's more about being equipped with tools to manage what's happening and what's going forward. So me being yeah. with the focus on grit, I would love to hear your experience with grit as a tool for that ability to really support your children and give them what they need without over concerning them. I love how you said it's being able to trust. So what is it? I'd love to hear about grit in particular, but in addition to grit, what tools give you that capacity to be able to impart what you know and trust your children at the same time?
2: Yeah, it's it's something that I know that uh, articulating these things in terms of you know the grit compass is is a great way to to make these things more overt. Where mm-hmm. you know sometimes you're doing these things and and you don't have the you know that word attached to it, or you're doing these things just because those are based on your experience. Um, you know, I, I always I always like to think that. Uh, you know, you can if you give your, your kids that attention and that trust, they will respond, right? So many times, my research also does come across this that a lot of the teens that I spoke with uh, do talk about the the, the parental, uh, surveillance practices, if you like, there's an element mm. of distrust there. And a lot of times these are marketed specifically to mothers, not so much fathers. So there is a gender dynamic to that. Mm. And a lot of the times, rather than the tools of monitoring, monitoring can be verbal check-ins that you have on a daily basis of mm. where did you, did you find anything online interesting today? What, you know, where, what did you go taking an interest in, in, in that sort of thing mm-hmm. that is monitoring mm. that can be, but it's often, um, and it's understandable with with parents who we were very busy, sometimes with multiple jobs, to rely on these technologies that are sort of tools by proxy, if you like, that they mm. uh, that they are. A little bit invasive and you can imagine especially older teens find them a little too invasive like some some of these technologies can go and give parents detailed reports about who they like who they don't like and certain keywords um and and uh, some of these are also problematic because some of the keywords that come up in some of these software um you know can can actually out uh, a young adolescent as lgbtq plus to their parents potentially because of certain keywords that have been flagged as well. Well, so there are those implications to some of these technologies. Um, so, so to me, it's 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 about I don't know the word that comes to mind is germination and 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 some planting seeds well in advance. So if you start to talk to your uh, teen at 16, 17 might be more challenging, right? <laughs> than, yeah. than developing a relationship when they're, when they're relatively younger. And, and this is not to say that this is going to be an easy process. One, one father told me the way he put it was parenting is terribly wonderful. It's terrible. It's wonderful. It's terribly wonderful. It's, you know, mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and so those are some of the, the, the challenges uh, there. But, um, you know, I, and I think that it, at least it, it also depends on the personality of your kid and getting to know your kid and what works. Some of them may require a little bit more, you know, uh, uh, overt monitoring and, and, and that sort of thing. And some of them are, are quite responsible,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, from, from the get-go. Um, it's, it's very easy to see the headlines about, about kids or older adolescents not, not faring as well due to the pandemic and then projecting that onto your kids. But it may or may not... you know, a lot of those studies are about uh, statistical, uh, you know, frequencies and probabilities and th- these sort of things, right? So it's still about knowing your child is unique, yeah. right? And and getting to know your child in particular.
1: Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. All right. Now you talked a lot about the research and the youth. I want to hear about your grit in particular because I've yeah. I know your words and I've heard responsible come up and I really want to hear right. the story behind your T word related to again right. as a tool to manage this opportunity to be in this terribly one. Wonderful role. Right. Tell us a bit about your grit, and then how it kind of supports or makes it difficult to kind of be in that terribly wonderful role as dad.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. I, you know, the uh, I, you know, I got, I, I read the book. Your book is fantastic. I and I got that that idea, and I was looking through, you know, the, the words, and 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 just you know having. Um, these words really resonated to me, and and I think that they. It's not just that I pick you know some words at random that that applied. One of the things that I found interesting is uh, something Leonard Cohen uh, once wrote about you know the fact that uh, you know he, Leonard Cohen was asked because he you know he's he's really proficient was a proficient poet of course, mm-hmm. and he was asked whether he feels constrained in terms of you know uh, molding his poems to a certain format and something you know you mm-hmm. learn this in high school english with abba sort mm-hmm. of po- mm-hmm. rather than freestyle your poetry yep. and what he said was there's something art there's something artful i forget the exact words that that he used but there's something prescient and artful about about requiring that structure and then f- and then having that freedom within that structure mm. and th- that that allows that art to come through so having words that conform where I'm going with this is having words that conform to the GRIT mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know adjectives and uh, is is quite is quite a great exercise I found the first one I had was was gratitude the second one was responsibility intention and twist. And I I will get to the twist. <laughs> um, don't get it twisted. I'm okay. going to get to the twist.
1: Check. <laughs> Holding myself in space.
2: <laughs> I mean, the, the first one, gratitude, is something that I, that I have act- actually um, actively reflected on, especially over the past year. Gratitude, to me, is something that you don't just experience when things are great. Mm. Gratitude is something that is best instilled when things are not great. In fact, mm-hmm. can, if you can have gratitude for your for your, for your, you know, uh, you know, bad situations, uh, your, your, your broken relationships or your economic troubles and have gratitude just for being able to, to tackle the situation. Um, I think that that's, a, that's a very tricky, uh, place to get to, but it's, it's really, you know, worthwhile to try. Um, you know, and, 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 so gratitude I think is, is an important aspect of it. Responsibility is also a word that I think that, that, um, I've reflected on, especially over the years of, of conducting research, where where a lot of times, you know, from a, from a sociological perspective, mm-hmm. responsibility often re- it rests on individuals, especially in this society, not so much in a collectivistic society where responsibility is shared, you know, across uh, groups of people that see themselves as more interconnected. You know, we're in a very me-centered society with, uh, and, and you know, that that is something technology, I think, in some ways exacerbates. Mm-hmm. Um, but but responsibility to me is is most deeply meditated upon when you don't have boundaries mm. to that the placed upon them. So my responsibility goes well beyond me if I don't have a boundary between me and you. you know, and, and it's and it's one of these. I mean I can go hardcore existentialism on this if you like, but uh, you know, I'm here <laughs> and you're there, but at the same time, this is not something that you have to articulate through a position of faith mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, a particular religious belief. This is just a fact that we are all connected, mm. and so you know, having that sense of more deep responsibility, I think is 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 also connected to that sense of gratitude. Mm.
1: Um,
2: you know, with with intention, uh, I've 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 said before um, that intention um, is is connected to energy to me. Okay, So intention is energy, energy is intention. Mm-hmm. And And I think that a lot of the time, what what that gets into, you know how you can direct your thoughts. And uh, not to get t- t- too deep into like mind-body dualism kind of stuff, go, you know, go, I want to keep go. this kind of philosophy light. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you can say, look, you can say that the mind is is ultimately part of the body, right? It's it's It's, you know, let's not kind of separate the mind and the body. Mm. But to me, practically speaking, and in most direct terms, the body leads the mind in many respects. When you exercise, when you are, when you have that state change, when you have that Um, you know, you, you have that ability to get yourself out of that rut based upon, you know, whatever experience you can change that, alter that sense of, of your body Mm -hmm. that will lead your thoughts and your thoughts will then go reflect back on the body. So that intention, I think comes often from, you know, again, that, that, physical aspect of it. Um, and I think that that's in something that you can direct. Mm-hmm. But then I threw in a twist, mm-hmm. because and the twist to me is the unpredictable knife edge of a pathless path, which is like the Zen Buddhist sort of approach to uh, uh, constant reality. I mean, we're in this constant presence, right? We, mm-hmm. we, it, 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 there is no past or present, if you think about it. You're all, all the time in this constant present in, in, within the experience of your body, Right. Um, you know, you are there, I'm here, but here we are yes. sort of thing. Right. Yep. Um, and so that so that uh, I think uh, allows you to constantly face this reality, which does surprise you and often in, in unpredictable ways. I mean, the pandemic clearly uh, is is one of the biggest twists that we faced as a collective uh, society uh, in, in our in our history. But, you know, it can be smaller twists. You know, it can be anything that's unexpected. Um, you know, you can have these, these approaches and you have your game plan locked in and then life has a way of throwing in a wrench or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and, and the, the question then is, um, you know, how to adapt to that. Uh, we're not bound by predetermined response is another mm-hmm. kind of, uh, approach that I, that I've had, you know, we, you're never stuck in that, in that sort of thing, but the twist is always that, you know, to keep things light, right? Or, or again, the pathless path is an interesting term that comes out of Zen Buddhism, mm-hmm. which suggests that it's not not something prescribed or not something that you can necessarily predict, mm-hmm. um, but you need to adapt to. It's in mm-hmm. an adaptation sort of uh, dynamic. So, I mean, that's where I was coming from with that, with that final twist, if you mm-hmm,
1: like. Mm-hmm. Now, I just have one thing to say, because I know Peter hasn't had a chance to talk for a bit, but what I've taken away from your grit yeah. is the idea of, it being something that exists in your mind and in your body. I've never thought of each of my letters as having that duality, but hearing you mm-hmm. speak, I took your first two gratitude responsibility as an academic exercise, whereas intention and twist were happening in your body. But the more you spoke, I started to hear that Each of your letters has a physiological expression as well as a mental. So my takeaway is very much revisiting my words and imagining what does my G-R-I-N-T word look like and feel like in my body. And how does it sound in my head? So that's totally what I'm going to take away from this. That's cool. Know, that's Yeah. Yeah. That's I, that's I just got that from you. That just, <laughs> that came from you. Thank you for that.
0: <laughs> so there's a couple of things. So one thing that I, I'll go back to something that I, I kind of just took down a little note a, a few minutes ago there. Um, I do, I agree with like, uh, with what Hayes is saying there, Mike, I love that uh, a lot of what we're talking about has a physical component to it. I think that's really interesting. And I, I really like that. And the yeah. state change stuff to me is, is absolutely fascinating. Um, The thing that I'd like to bring up that I thought was really interesting, uh, as you were speaking about it, and it was it was a bit ago there, but it was uh, the monitoring, and it'll it'll come back, it'll do a circle in a second, but it was the monitoring of of uh, of of kids and their activity and their online activity and things, and and one of the things that was that uh, that struck me was that you can you can monitor them. Uh, if you're going to monitor, but monitor is this word that has a pretty negative connotation, at least in my world, monitoring is a little, you know, it's a, it's not a, it's not a pleasant thing to be monitored. But you can, right. you can lead that activity with question and discussion. It doesn't have to be a metric, and I think that's really interesting. Like, so you can say, and I, I, you had a question. You said, um, "What did you learn today online?" That's a great way to understand what your kids are doing, to understand what anyone's doing Mm -hmm. without actually kind of coming down with a hammer with monitoring. Right. Um, And I, and I think, you know, when I apply that to myself uh, in terms of self uh, and, and, and one of the, one of the things I think about as well with monitoring is it's the same as discipline and disciple. And to me, and I'm really trying to get away from discipline. I really want to do this. I really want to do this. I need more discipline. I need more discipline. And what I've been trying to do is just take that word and use the form disciple. So be a disciple of what your idea is, or be a disciple of your body, right? Like, so if you're, if you, Mm. instead of having more discipline to go for a run, listen to your body. If your body's saying it wants some movement, be a disciple of what your body is telling you and go for a run. And it just takes the edge off of that. Yeah. It takes the, for me, it takes the edge off of the, of the pressure that's still there. It's still healthy, but it's a different way to look at it. And to me, what you're talking about with monitoring there, and the way that you were dealing that with kids, or a, a potential way to deal with that—that's a great way for for me. Again, selfishly here, but like to for self accountability. It's just like how do I monitor myself? Well, I don't have to go into metrics of how far have I run today, how many drinks did I have last night. I can ask myself some leading questions. Right. Right. How do how am I feeling? What am I? What does my body want? Does it want to rest? Does mm. it want to move? And I can, so I can monitor myself without using monitor perhaps, or discipline. I'm using maybe some, just a leading, a a different terminology that's kind of getting me there a little more gently. And I thought that was really interesting. That's what I picked up off of your, Mm -hmm. you know, when you were talking about monitoring, I thought that was, that was great. You can still do that, but there's such an easier way to quote unquote monitor. And it's much more involved and engaged and it's a learning opportunity for everybody, and I think that's yeah. fantastic. So that was my takeaway from a few minutes ago. I think it's great. So good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can be. It can be uh, not just one directional, mm. right? Because you know, one of the things that I'm exploring is I look at cyberbullying. You know, as a lot of what I what I look at, uh, but the experiences that kids have of cyberbullying varies quite widely. And, and, and sometimes some things are causing harm to some, but somebody that's not being recognized as, as causing harm. And that dialogue, uh, if it, if it's more than one directional, if it's if it's you know two people talking or in the context of a school having you know these discussions uh, about how something was experienced, can be a form of monitoring that isn't unidirectional. It also talks about the Internet of Things, it doesn't it? In some ways, because. Everything's uh, everything's being monitored. We've got our eye watch that monitors our steps or our pace, our you know how many times that we you know my own watch re- uh, t- congratulates me when I stand up. Now that <laughs> to me is that 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 to me is how low the bar is. <laughs> that it says I get a reward with the fireworks on on the my watch that says congratulations, you're stood up or remember to breathe and these sort of things, which you know the breathing app is is not a bad thing I, I actually kind of like that at least you know monitoring your breath is is a good way to get back uh, to your to the body and and how that is and 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 what the messaging there is wow. uh, there's a good book focusing by uh, Eugene I think it's Eugene Genling um I'm sorry I don't, don't remember off the top of my head just talking here but early, this is a, an older book uh, like like early 80s in the 70s even that was called focusing and the and the book is very interesting. Uh, in terms of you can kind of ask your body these sort of questions that that it has and then, you know, that expression, sleep on it, Um, you can actually train your your mind, I think, to actually get your body to respond to to questions. And often the big questions, um, should I, you know, move here or there? Should I marry this person or that? Those are the easiest ones answered by your body. You know, to me, uh, you can run this, these what I call algorithms on your Mm. body, which will tell you, what, whether or not to get basmati or, 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 white rice. I mean, you know, this is, uh, or, or, you know, different types of rice or, mm-hmm. you know, green tea or, or black tea at the supermarket. I mean, it could be anything, any sort of decision you have to make that you're not sure of, you know, just let tell your, it's almost like you can tell, give your, 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 your mind a message, you know, like when you're trying to remember something and you can't remember what it is. And it's like, the more you try to think of that, the memory, you can't get it. But what, uh, you know, what I found effective is if you tell your brain just to try to go and fetch that memory and then you, and you concentrate on that, it often works pretty well. And it's, and it's often quite telling how much the body is telling us. Mm-hmm. Do you notice when your hands are, are clenched, where mm-hmm. you have tension that builds up when you interact with a particular person or when you think about a particular topic or, or whatever? All of these, all of these things are happening to us, uh, on, you know, at a, on a somatic level, which is the academic kind of sounding word for the body, body, body level, um, and just being more aware of that makes a big difference. Just being aware of it.
1: And I think just to pull all that together, the word awareness is what kept coming up for me, Peter, as you talked about Mm -hmm. monitoring, and Mike, as you talked about the ways in which your body leads your mind, all of that for me ties back to awareness and presence, because to your point that the past is gone, the future hasn't arrived, we are currently in the present. So I love how this is all just coming back to the Mm -hmm. concept of awareness and then self-discovery in that awareness awareness leading to self-discovery and self-exploration and the more time we spend as much as we can make happen because time is precious just the more time we spend connecting with what's happening gives us access to what's possible because it's really about what we have and again I love that monitoring can just be thought of as awareness what's if I were to survey my body, what am I feeling? What do I want from the grocery store? I'm just, but yeah, just for me, the word awareness and presence mm-hmm. have very much come out of what you both have said, which then ties to knowing what I have to offer based on what, what, uh, what based on my awareness and based on what, what's happening in the present in my body. Yeah. I love this.
0: Yeah. Man. <laughs> well, you wrapped that up with a bow, Hayes. That was a good one.
1: <laughs> I just As you feel often I feel- do. That's it. <laughs> No, I don't want to wrap it up necessarily, but I just mean for me, like listening, I love what we do here because I hope listeners get this too, that there are just Mm -hmm. so many ways to think about doing hard things. And there are so many different approaches, which is why I love hearing different people's combinations of words, because Mm -hmm. what may be hard, I'm single, I don't have kids, so I'm not going through the kind of hard that may be terribly wonderful parenting and managing all this intel with being able to let meet my children where they are so again i just love how we're all talking about doing hard things but we're all saying the same thing that awareness and presence are really the most important not the are really important opportunities and whether it's awareness of defining what it is i do or awareness of the outcomes of what i do the intentions just awareness is so awareness and presence are so integral for continuing to do hard things
2: Yes, absolutely. Ooh. You know, there's a related uh, literature that, that I that I sometimes dabble in is the desistence from crime literature. And so, what this what this literature? Is, where am I going with this? Just trust me. I'll, give me a couple minutes. Yep, never so, heard of it. Des-
1: <laughs> Love it.
2: <laughs> the desistance from crime literature looks at how people who've committed crimes, sometimes who have been imprisoned, try to reintegrate into their communities. Right? Try to stop mm. committing crimes, and it often is a long process that involves trials tribulations slip ups sometimes getting charged again the recidivism you know and i think that in the connection that i'd like to make to our discussion is the fact that i'm i'm just speak, speaking to, of myself here personally mm-hmm. i am in no way shape or, or form an expert on you know mental health necessarily, or 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 how to have a handle on these things. I think you know many of us do slip up, and we don't react to things as as we are trying to articulate here today. Mm-hmm. Um, by and I count myself among them. I mean I am absolutely just a, a learning as I go, and I know I know far more. Uh, I know far less than I don't know. I'll, I'll say that right now. And then you realize that in academia too. I don't care if I'm an expert on the XYZ. you aren't. You know a little bit about a little bit uh, at best. Um, but that awareness is important for people trying to uh, you know to, to, to stop committing crimes and try to go straight as well. Um, because uh, it, you know I think it's that question of that cognitive awareness and that you know, that, that makes that, that big difference. Uh, in in their in their efforts. and and the literature shows that. the research shows that. and it and it's but it is a process, and it's mm-hmm. a process that I consider myself still learning from uh, and and growing from. And, uh, you know, once you've got all the answers, you don't, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> once you've got all the answers, you don't well said, we are here to know. we are here to grow, and we are here to show that's what we're here <laughs> to do. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to reconnect. And for those of you who didn't know, Mike's nickname is Mike Tendo, because Uh way back in the day, and I'm throwing that out for any listeners from our childhood, we're really (laughs) going to put that in the write-up. But just really, I'm grateful that you were able to give us a bit of insight into what you do and how... How many ways there are to approach what is described as worst case scenario for youth, but just opportunities to really initiate conversations and engage. And I feel like we're going to have to have you back as I digest what you said and just as Peter and just we take time and listeners get to really execute and think about some of the options you've given us it'll be neat to have you back because we always try to have guests come back and then really yeah. reflect on what's your grid look like a little later and what have you what other conversations have you had and what else can your research enlighten us and listeners to around again just connecting and having conversations i feel like those are powerful tools available to us
2: fabulous mm-hmm. yeah would love to be back
1: awesome that's great peter what are you thinking i love your face
0: <laughs> I just think it's great. I always I always enjoy talking to you, Mike, whether it's uh, because we're in the same city, thankfully, we get to be together and actually do this uh yeah. more more often than not really, but I always uh, I always walk away talking with you with uh, something to think about and and usually uh uh empowered in some way. And I think that awareness and patience are so much to digest. There I, I I think it's great. Like a lot of what we're talking about with the awareness yeah. and what you were just saying about the uh, the the literature you were referring to and uh, reintegrating and things. There's a component there of patience that's just so important. And, and we do talk about that a lot here. Uh, Hayes and I do for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just really, really interesting as it always is, Mike. So thanks so much for, uh, for coming on and, uh, and letting us know what you do because it is fascinating <laughs> stuff
2: yeah it's too it went went by quick it's too short almost but thanks for having me on i appreciate
0: that
1: (laughs) (laughs) so good until the next time thanks very much everyone
0: and thanks mike thanks hayes great to see you and talk to you Mm
1: -hmm. good to see you too you bet see you soon
0: thank you grow my grit with your hosts hayes shetmeyer and peter willis is a production of gritty guru company Technical production by Niall Fines. Music by Peter Willis. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google, and Spotify. For more information about Hayes' book, Know, Grow and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, please visit GrowMyGrit.com.